another edition of, yes, you see it over young Cody's right shoulder. It's jonesing for football. We are looking for five-star prospects inside the big green NFL draft scouting notebook, which has been in existence all the way since 2005 when the Dallas Cowboys selected DeMarcus Ware and Marcus Spears in the first round. That is when the Big Green Notebook told Bill Parcells, you are making a mistake by wanting Marcus Spears over DeMarcus Ware in the first round. Ware went number 11 overall, Spears went number 20, because Jerry Jones was looking inside the Big Green NFL Draft Scouting Notebook. There's some of the history of why we call it. And why do we call it the Big Green Notebook? Is because we're still looking for a sponsor. We had hopes, Cody, that the Big Green Egg, which I have on my back porch, might become a sponsor 15 years later. It hasn't happened yet, but it's still a big green notebook. We're going to get a sponsor sooner or later. It would be nice to base it around the notebook considering that's kind of our Bible, but it would be nice to, we'll get a sponsor sooner or later here. Our downloads are on the way up. Our, our popularity is on the way up. We're, we're soaring. We're, we're doing some good things. Yeah. I'm talking to the University of North Texas, the Mean Green, the University of North Texas, and maybe they can be a sponsor. We can call it the Mean Green NFL Draft Scouting Notebook. They actually might have a drafted player for the first time in 16 years this year in Jalen Darden, a little wide receiver. But we're going to talk about the guys that are going to be guarding the Jalen Dardens of the NFL world. We're talking cornerbacks and safeties on this edition. Oh, and what a great debate we have here in Dallas, Cody, because it looks like the Cowboys, well, obviously they need a cornerback, and it looks like the debate might be between Patrick Sertan II and J.C. Horn, both sons of former NFL pro bowlers. Uh, this is a very tasty debate as we sit here two weeks away from draft day. Yep. Uh, the Cowboys uh, need DBs, and these two guys seem to be at the top of most people's boards. Bill Jones, let me just start you off. I like J.C. Horn. I favor him uh, in the comparison with Sertan. You're going uh, against the grain. You're going against the grain there because there's a lot of people who have Sertan slightly ahead of J.C. Horn. I can't wait to hear what I want you to convince me why JC Horn should be the pick of the Dallas Cowboys at number 10. Okay, good. I'm prepared to do that. Good size. 6'1, 205. He ran a 437 at the pro day. The vertical was very impressive, 41 and a half. Uh, which I went back and looked this up, Bill Jones. That would have been number one against corners last year if you compare to last year's corner class. So 41 uh, is awesome. A broad jump of 11-1 is great. That would actually put him in the top five among last year's corners. And he also benched 19 times. So this dude is a freak athlete, proved it at his pro day. The last two seasons on the field, dude was dominating, and he really capped it last year. Um, eight catches he allowed on 24 targets in seven games and Bill Jones, JC Horn. He's the subject of my win stat for today. Uh, I got to give a, a hat tip to our friends over at pro football focus for this one. So Horn allowed a 33% completion percentage last year, which was the lowest in the sec. And that includes Patrick Sertan and both of the Georgia corners, K-1 
Campbell and Stokes, who are also pretty highly regarded. And so I love the physicality of Horn. I feel like um, he's not a natural corner. Like he's just, you can tell the difference. That's where the difference is between Horn and Sertan. Sertan does everything right. You can just tell uh, all his movements. He's just more polished than Horn. But I actually like the physicality. Um, Bill Jones, I know you've watched Horn. He's making plays on running backs. He's lighting running backs up, blitzing off the edge. Um, the dude loves contact. And you notice this. I know you did. He talks a little bit afterwards. He'll get in your face after he makes the play. So uh, I like Horn. And I look at it like this, Bill Jones. If you can win over your biggest rival, that's a good sign. And when Trevor Lawrence tweeted that Horn is a dog, I said, okay, <laughs> you can get a Clemson quarterback to compliment a South Carolina DB. What, what else do you need to say? The guy. Can so play. he, he didn't win over his rival Clemson, but he did win over his rival, the Clemson quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. That's correct. And <laughs> like I said, if Trevor's backing you, uh, that's good enough in my book. And I love his, uh, he's a, he, he, he describes himself. He, he was asked, I, I saw a podcast that he did uh, with Bryant McFadden and, uh, and Patrick Peterson was on it actually. And uh, they, did, they asked him what kind of animal would he be? He said, he's a dog. And <laughs> there's not a lot of cornerbacks who are a dog like he's a dog and uh, he'll bite your leg off. <laughs> and he's got that he's got that alpha personality on the field, but he seems humble off the field too. Uh, you know, people talk about his dad, Joe Horn, and uh, you know the the cell phone celebration uh, when he was with the Saints. Uh, and you know, he has that personality off the field. It it sounds like right now, anyway, J.C. Horn has all that confidence on the field, but he seems pretty humble off it. Let's talk about Sertan a little bit because when you talk about the measurables with J.C. Horn. Sertan is right there, right behind him uh, with those measurables. He had a terrific pro day as well. You know, he's 6'2", 208, while Horn is 6'1", 205, so there's no difference there. He ran a 4-4-1, and right behind Horn's number of 4-3-7 that you've got there. The bench reps were almost identical, 18 for Sertan, 19 for Horn, which is very good for a cornerback. Uh, these are both guys who are physical. They come up and, and play the run. Sertan, uh, in fact, that's one of the best parts of Sertan's game is just his form tackles. I mean, he, he is under control. Uh, the, one of the things that I loved about Sertan, even when I was studying Trayvon Diggs, the Cowboys' second-round pick last year from Alabama, even after Diggs played this year in the NFL, I think Sertan – has more experience as a cornerback in his life than what Diggs has. Uh, Sertan, uh, who was coached by his dad, the three-time pro bowler, Patrick Sertan, uh, at American Heritage Academy in the Fort Lauderdale area down in Florida. They won two state championship there. Sertan went right to Alabama and immediately was a starter. Uh, he's made 38 straight starts at Alabama. And, uh, you know, he's got the same type of, of uh, skills or, or same type of stats that you're talking about with, with Horn as far as uh, taking away the receiver. You know, one thing, one knock on Horn, 
is how uh, physical he is, has, has been. And in fact, 10 penalties called against him in his career. I think five this past year at South Carolina. Sertan is a guy who, uh, I mean, he is a technically sound. I mean, he came out of the womb learning how to be a cornerback in this league. While Horn, being the son of a four-time Pro Bowl receiver, has been a wide receiver in the past, converted over to cornerback, and just doesn't have the same. But, but I think the potential, kind of like with Diggs, Diggs being the brother of a Pro Bowl receiver, Stephon Diggs, and went to Alabama as a receiver. I think, like, for instance, if Sertan were on the left side, or, or whether left side, right side, if they were the cornerbacks for the Cowboys, I think Sertan is your steady Eddie on one side and Diggs is more of your playmaker on the other side. And I think that's what it would be like if you had Sertan and Horn paired together as well. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting. You say Sertan showed up and started uh, right away at Alabama. You could just tell Nick Saban would love Patrick Sertan, right? Just because he does everything right. Um, his fundamentals are perfect, and you, he would just have a ton of experience. They'd be able to speak the same language, and say when we go, okay, yeah, this is my kind of guy right there. Right, and, and, and by the way, we should point out, Horn did the same thing. He went to South Carolina, and he started immediately, and so th that that was – they're, they're very similar. I, I wouldn't be surprised if one goes in this draft and the other guy goes the next pick in this draft. Yep, they're very equal. Do you want the raw guy that plays more physical or do you want kind of the buttoned up polished guy who does everything right? Um, you know, it's just, we'll see, we'll see. Like, but it looks like right around that 10 to 15 range is where both of those guys get uh, selected. All right. So how much of a separation are these two guys from the other cornerbacks that you might be able to get in the second and third round? I think I saw one list and it might've been Dane Brugler. I can't remember who had 11 corners in his top 61 prospects in this draft. Caleb Farley, we should mention him uh, next, uh, because if Caleb Farley didn't have the back surgery, he'd be right in this mix with Horn and Sertan as the top corners in this draft. Uh, and here's a guy who's a former quarterback, a very accomplished quarterback who converted to cornerback in college at Virginia Tech and uh, has had a very nice career, in, but he's had not one but two back surgeries, which has to concern people. But I still think I wouldn't at all be surprised if a team takes him in the late first round. Yep, uh, I'm with you. I actually spoke with D'Angelo Hall, who's another former Virginia Tech uh, okay. great cornerback. I spoke with him last week, and he loves Farley. He, he actually thinks he has the highest ceiling of all the corners in this draft. And like you mentioned, he was pretty much number one on most people's boards until the, the recent back surgery. And that kind of shifted uh, everyone's rankings a little bit. You know what I like about this class of corners, Bill Jones, is they're big. They're tall. You're looking at Farley 6'2", uh, Sertan 6'2", Horn is 6'1". We mentioned him. Campbell, I mentioned him 6'2". It's funny that like the receivers, you got to have a big guy to go against DK Metcalf and like the, the new age receivers, uh, it's going to be a huge advantage for teams getting corners that are six, one, six, two, instead of five, nine or five, 10, especially in the red zone where that back shoulder fade, those are happening all the time now. And these big corners are coming out and um, I, I'm excited to see those guys just 
go physicality wise with some of these um, big time receivers in the league? They're starting to see Byron Jones with a hundred million dollar contract, <laughs> a big corner. Uh, and it, it, it's more popular to go ahead and play cornerback because there's money to be made at that position. Greg Newsom from Northwestern uh, is, is a guy that's, that could be in the first round. Here's a, here's a, a guy that was probably more of a second or third round guy who is uh, from right in my uh, backyard, Mansfield, Texas, played at Stanford, Paulson Adebo. He fits that same mold, 6'1", 198 pounds. He was a terrific receiver in high school, converted to corner in, the, uh, in college at Stanford and had eight picks in uh, the two years that he played at Stanford. He opted out this year, but had eight, eight interceptions. So he has those ball skills. We should mention one guy uh, who is another son of a former NFL player, Asante Samuel, who doesn't fit that mold of the 6'1 cornerback. He's a 5'10 cornerback, but is very accomplished himself and ran a 4'3840. Yep, Asante Samuel. He looks like he's going to be kind of that borderline first round guy, maybe, you know, kind of one of those first picks into day two uh, is where he could slip. Uh, Bill Jones, I've got a safety for you. Can I okay. give you a sleeper safety? A sleeper safety at that. Okay. Sleeper safety from down in the great state of Texas, right near you. Caden uh, Stearns, Longhorns, Texas Longhorn safety projected fourth, fifth, sixth round. I don't know why. I'm not sure why he's a day three guy. He kind of jumped onto my radar when he had a pro day that was awesome, lit it up. Uh, the measurables wise, six foot, 202. He ran a 4-4-140, a 42 vertical, a 10-8 broad jump, a 6-9-6-3 cone, and his Shuttle was a four one three. I went back and looked it up. I, I'm I'm doing this all the time now because we don't have the combine to compare all the safeties and put list them all. But he his vertical would have been number one against um, all the safeties in last year's class, and his shuttle was really good, and his forty was um, amongst the top from last year's class. So, um, you know, he's got all the athleticism. His story is basically. Really highly recruited, went down to Austin, uh, blew up as a freshman. He was a freshman All-American. He had four interceptions, and he played really well the last two seasons, but just not quite to the level of his freshman year, and he opted out after seven games this past season to kind of focus on the draft. So I think he's kind of gotten lost in the mix um, uh, the last few seasons. Uh, he's smart, though. Uh, Bill Jones, two-time member of the uh, honor roll, team captain, um, everything you'd like in a leader of your secondary. I hope he gets into day two. I think he should be a day two guy. And there are some teams that need some safeties. <coughs> Cowboys, uh, Falcons, Raiders. Those were three that stood out to me. And I love this quote, Bill Jones. He said, I promise you, I'm the best steal in the NFL draft. That's from, from Caden Stern. So he knows um, he's, he's going to be a later pick, but he's telling teams right now, I'm worth it. Well, and uh, Texas has been known to produce DBs uh, in a, the safety position of uh, first round draft picks, Earl Thomas, of course, going back over 10 years ago and 
Uh, Kenny Vaccaro is another one. They've had some others that have been successful in this league. And, and I think Caden Stearns fits right in there from a Cowboys perspective. They probably would hope that he gets to day three. And then I could see him uh, being a, because the Cowboys just don't draft safeties. Uh, they haven't traditionally drafted them in the first or second. Well, going back to Roy Williams, they recently. did, but uh, recently they haven't. Another guy uh, from the great state of Texas who is considered, uh, in fact, he's actually, he's from not far, as a matter of fact, not far from Caden Stearns, Smithson Valley High School, which is also in the San Antonio area. Caden Stearns went to Cibolo Steel High School down there. Trayvon Merrig from TCU is, you look throughout this mock draft process and Merrig has been a guy that's been the number one ranked safety on so many lists and he's seven interceptions in his career, second team All-American last year, playing for Gary Patterson at TCU. And uh, he was the Jim Thorpe award winner uh, this year. And uh, so Merrig is, you're looking at a first round safety, Merrig might be your guy. But I'm going to throw another guy out there who is climbing the charts. Once people started finding out about Central Florida's Richie Grant, Dame Brugler has him listed as his number one safety, but as the 40th overall prospect. So that would be a second round selection. And uh, so Richie Grant out of Central Florida is another guy to keep an eye on at the safety position. Bill Jones, is he more of, is he a uh, cover safety or is he an in-the-box guy? Uh, give me a little uh, Richie Grant, just watching some Richie Grant, he's more of your free safety. You know, okay. we're always looking for free safeties. And uh, Merrig is more, you know, the other thing about the safety position in the NFL, they seem to be more and more interchangeable all the time. And uh, that's the way uh, many teams look at their safeties. But still, there are skills involved, and there there is a difference usually in skills, uh, even though uh, just from a uh, tactical standpoint, at the snap, they may line up like a box safety, but they're fleeing to be a free safety as soon as the ball is snapped to confuse a quarterback. And Richie Grant is more of the uh, free safety type at uh, Central Florida. You know, uh, otherwise, at the safety – and then I think you, you look at some of these cornerbacks – and some of the cornerbacks that are highly rated could convert to play safety in this league as well. That's great. I mean, more versatility, the better. I'm all for it. Let, let, let's see what these guys got. Give me, a, give me a corner or two you think could play safety. Is there any that stuck out to you when you look at that list? Uh, I'm looking at uh, who is the guy. I'm looking through my big green notebook as we speak. Elijah Molden is a guy that popped out to me. He's climbed the charts as a cornerback, too, but I just see some position flex with him. You know, it's hard to tell on some of these guys. Like the Cowboys, even, they had a cornerback who played at Tulsa last year, Rashard Robinson, or Reggie Robinson, rather. They have two Robinsons on their team. Rashard Robinson is a cornerback from LSU, and then Reggie Robinson. And they picked him in the fourth round. And he, he just seemed to struggle uh, making the conversion to safety. And so as soon as I say there's a cornerback that could play safety, well, you know, it's harder. It's, 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 harder, a, it, than, it's a yeah, harder transition harder. than you think. Molden, though, from Washington is a guy who's five, nine and a half, 192 pounds. So he's shorter. He doesn't fit that mold, so to speak, that teams are looking for at cornerback. But he can just make him a free safety then. And uh, you, you can cover in the slot. And uh, there is such a need at cornerback 
and there are so many corners that get drafted in this league. And there, and there's, uh, by contrast, there's not as many safeties that get drafted. And so I think that scouts are always looking for those corners who all, who, who, whether it be from a mindset standpoint, being able to set a defense, uh, a leader type who can convert over to safety. And of course, obviously when you play safety, you got to be able to tackle. Yeah, no doubt about it, especially in these days. I mean, all the offenses are trying to get their guys in space and everyone wants these quick juke guys where one missed tackle and they're going to the house. So you got to be a really good tackler these days to be in the secondary. And uh, there's another safety I should mention from Oregon, Javon Holland. A lot of people like him. He's a six foot, 207 pounder. He ran uh, under a four or five at his pro day with 19 bench reps. And uh, he's ranked uh, amongst the top three to four uh, safeties as well. And I'm, I believe Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator, was at the Oregon Pro Day, which opened some eyes here in Dallas anyway, that maybe the Cowboys, uh, that he's on the Cowboys uh, radar. All right, Cody, what do you want to do on our next episode here of Jonesing for Football? We've got over the last couple of weeks we've gone through a lot of the positions we've given and sort of a foundation on some of these players I'm ready as we lead up to the draft over the course of the next two weeks to you being the NFL network producer you are come up with some questions on uh, that, that gets our mind to thinking on uh, some of these prospects across the board yeah for sure we're going to do compelling questions I think um, this week we'll knock that one out and then I also want to do bold predictions because I've got a bold prediction on a couple of the quarterbacks. Uh, I got oh. a bold, bold prediction. Is that on your That's Ohio a, State quarterback? He is involved. He is involved. Uh, <laughs> do you still also, think? Do you do you think five quarterbacks are going in the top seven, eight picks? No, I'm saying no oh. on that. That's but that's not my bold prediction. Do you think five quarterbacks will be off the board before the Cowboys pick at number 10? I'm also saying no on that as well. Oh. I think one guy slips. Uh, one guy slips. I got. I think I know who it is, um, but I can't wait to give you my bold predictions. And I've got some compelling questions because, Bill Jones, we've done quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. Uh, now we've just done the defense this week. There's one guy we haven't discussed. His name is Kyle Pitts. He is going to be part of my compelling questions. We need to talk about Kyle Pitts, who might end up being the best player in this entire draft. Okay, we'll do that on our next episode of Jonesing for Football. These Jonesing for Football episodes are going to be coming at you fast and furious over the next couple of weeks. You know why? as the NFL Draft is coming at you fast and furious. With these 40 times at these pro days, this is a fast draft because these aren't real 40 times. Yeah, <laughs> these weren't true. done at the Combine. And that's why these athletes look like such phenomenal athletes to us. All right, we'll see you next time here on Jonesing for Football.